answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call to join Allworth's Money Matters. Call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Thanks for being part of our program today. Both myself and my co-host here are both financial advisors. Certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant. We meet with people like yourself during the week and uh, broadcast our program on the weekends to be your financial advisors on the air. So whether you've got advisors you're working with now or doing things on your own or whatever the case may be, we are glad you are here and like to be your financial advisors on the air. And I'm, I'm going to apologize a little bit for my voice. I, I have a bit of a cold, but uh, hopefully it's not the coronavirus. So. <laughs> You shouldn't laugh, but I know that it's is, like the late. It's the latest thing, um, latest big scare. The world's going to stop spinning. Yeah, but it's the markets haven't reacted too much to it. Uh, a little bit, but not, not really. Uh, yeah, but who knows what the markets react to? Because the markets used to react to bad news in a negative manner. It is amazing. <laughs> now they don't. The markets. I don't think the stock market goes down anymore. Well, you know, that's what it looks like at the end of every day, or. During the day, would you check the market? They there's always a reason why. The media always gives a reason why it's either going up or and or down, right? So this week, in the middle of the day, the market was off 100 points. Well, it was the coronavirus, and then and later in the day, oh, Trump it's, it's up because uh, the uh, trade imbalance looks good. Or and I always think. Dude, people sit in a room and just like, oh, let's actually give it a reason. You know how it works. A reporter sticks a microphone in front of somebody and asks for an excuse so they can have a soundbite to run the news. That's, and the more outlandish the soundbite, the more likely it's going to run somewhere. That's Yes, that's how it works. I mean, you see t- headlines all the time. They tease you to, you, like, you got to open the story to get the story because the headline just teases you. And it's all about well, actually, capturing your attention. My, the, the one I hate Don't the- forget the media on their financial reporting that is not designed to help you to be a good investor. That's that's right. Uh, and, and it provides very very little information. But if you think of it's here's what's interesting. Historically stocks the stock market, US stock market uh, as measured by the broad indexes loses money uh it's positive 53% of all days. Okay. So 47 historically 47% of all trading days the market has been negative. If you look when the this January of 2020, it's like I don't know the exact numbers are relevant. Crazy, it up and up and up. Yes. And if as an investor, do you get it? Someone said to me the other day, "This is great, isn't it, Pat?" And I said, "Not really. It's not all that great because it appears that we've gotten to a place where there doesn't." Seem to have much risk in it, and irrational well, exuberance is a scary thing. Yeah, I mean, we're uh, look. Do you agree or not disagree? Well, I think I mean, there's there's talk like market melt up, right? <laughs> like it's, okay, there's just kind of this euphoria and the fear of missing out. But when you've got a market that increases so much faster than earnings, you're like, as an investor. Whether, right, I'm currently 53 years old. Whether I was 33, 53, 73, 93, I'd be I'd be more excited about the earnings of the of the companies that I own going up than I worried about the price of it going up. Yes. For a long term investor, you should be excited when the companies are earning more. So a growing economy is to me is more exciting than a stock market increase. That's right because 
there in the is, long term, it's all going to work out. Yeah, yes, correct. And there, it, the bigger the divergence between prices growing and earnings growing, um, the greater the, the risk likelihood or the probability of a of a decline in the market. So I've just got so I have a, and the greater the risk. If you own a company that's trading at ten times earnings, even if the stock price goes down, if the company continues to earn, you at least know in the next ten years you're going to recoup your investment based on the earnings. That's right. So my my uh, you know my son Tom, he's twenty one. He's a, a econ major at UCLA. He's in his junior year. Uh, he's actually taking senior classes. He could graduate early, and so I had this conversation. Is with he going to graduate early from UCLA? He was going to. He's actually just getting another major. Okay. <laughs> this is this is your child. <laughs> just clarifying. He's, it's his mother's child. <laughs> He's not me. Um. So he he funny. He called me yesterday and he's like, "Dad, I'm funding my Roth IRA." I'm like, "Good for you." With his own money? Yeah, with his own money. Uh, I'm like, "Good for you." Um. What do you, he said, what do you think? And he was talking about what he's going to buy. And he said, is this a good time or a bad time? And I said, I really wish I knew, Tom. I really wish I could tell you whether it was a great time to invest or, or a bad time to invest. But I know you're 21, and it's a Roth IRA. And it's so, irrelevant. And it's irrelevant, right? I said, your time frame is 38 years. So... Whether it's a bad time to invest or a good time to invest, we don't know. Oh, it's a good time. It, it's a, always a good if time. If you're a long-term investor. That's right. And you're investing for the long term. Anything that you're, in, in other words, you're not going to need the money for five-plus years. That's right. That's right. Then it's a good time to invest. Think about those that bailed out in the financial crisis. Even those that bailed out just before the financial crisis. Unless they somehow miraculously got back in. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't matter. I mean, it... So the point being is that you go back, the financial crisis was, what, 12 years ago? Yeah. It doesn't seem that long, does it? In my mind, it was 12 years ago. And if you look at stock prices today versus then, oh, yeah. unbelievable. Even back before the dot-com, if you look back 20 years, oh my gosh. the Dow would hit 10,000. It was a big deal. Now the Dow is almost 30,000, right? So, yeah. So it, if you're a long-term investor, so we had the big the conversation. Cha the challenges, though. When you see it on the statement, yes. When your million dollars becomes worth seven fifty, that's it's hard. I mean, that is hard. And so I said to him, "Well, listen, if you're worried about it, you don't have to go all in. Just put a plan in place as to when you're going to invest over the next two to three years with your six thousand dollars." Has he had one of those silly classes in college where they had the stock picking contest? That's yeah, he, two months long. He, those are the most. He, I don't know if those are helpful or not. He actually he did, and I said to him that it doesn't mean anything. He's like, "Well, no, it means a lot, Dad." And I'm like, "It doesn't mean anything because it's fake money, because you don't have an emotional attachment right. to your decisions." So if it goes down, who cares? Yeah, and so he's like, "Well, no, we're competing." And then he calls me about his Roth contribution, <laughs> where before he was playing with a fake five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> why didn't you say? Why don't you just invest it exactly like you had your stock portfolio well, in your class? <laughs> you had to get realized. Yeah, that's pretty funny, right? There's hypothetical. There's hypothetical, and there's real. And life. you know what's interesting? So, um, and we'll get to the calls here in a moment. Here at All Worth's Money Matters, and if you want to join us, by the way, our contact number is eight three three ninety nine Worth. That'll get you on the program eight three three ninety nine Worth. But I think, what, Pat, one of the most challenging um, clients that we've worked with over the years, so Pat and I have both been practicing advisors for almost 30 years now. Yeah. Lots of, you know, we've just... Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of clients. Clients and people we've talked to via the show here as well. It's when somebody has saved their own money over the years, get to retirement, have had money in their 401k, have gone through the cycles have bought some stock that someone recommended along the way or some huge fund, had experienced some decline, some losses, some bad investment cho choices, all those things, they tend to get uh, that they've been educated by their, by their own experiences. Yeah. And they tend to be much better investors. I think some of the most challenging investors are those that come up with an inheritance. Yes. Or a lottery winning. Yes. Or new invest, brand new investors, right? Brand new investors. Yeah. Which is uh, they they haven't been seasoned. 
right? They don't see risk, right? I was helping a family friend this last summer. She was in late 20s, had saved up quite a bit just in cash. I was kind of amazed, lives very frugally. And so we talked about long-term risk. This, so I, put, I helped her kind of figure out some Vanguard funds to invest. And it wasn't a huge amount, but it was, it was a, it was lot, a lot to her. Yeah, and it was actually quite a bit for someone in their 20s. And um, went through, looked at long, you know, what's going to happen over the short term, round through all the same kind of like I do with clients. Like, here's the, what you can expect in the portfolio. And if you remember back to last summer, we had some declines. And sure enough, I, <laughs> I get a text from her like six weeks later. What my, my account's down. What do you think I should do? Yeah, and the <laughs> markets were down almost almost twenty percent. But it was uh, it was one of those things. that's like uh, it, it, it's she's going through this education process, right? And it's a lot better to do it when you're in your twenties, thirties, and forties. Did she stay with the strategy? I believe she did. And that was the hope, yeah, right? The, hope. the only time you should ever change your investment strategy is when there's been a life change, not when there's been an emotional change in you. Correct. That's the only time you should change your investment strategy. Uh, well, I shouldn't say quite like that. <laughs> Over a period <laughs> yeah. of time, as you get older, you may want to become more conservative. Maybe, maybe not. But maybe not. Right? You, you not. may want to become more conservative, but you shouldn't willy-nilly change your investment strategy based on market conditions at any one point. Totally in time. agree. Okay, and let's uh, take some calls. We are in Northern California talking with Bob. Bobby with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. All worth money matters. Hi, Scott and Pat. Um, I'd like to thank you for your uh, years of sound and sage advice done in a humorous style. Well, thank you. Um, I've been listening to a few radio shows over the last uh, maybe 25, 30 years, and my brain is swimming in aphorisms. Achieving critical mass, okay. don't be greedy, <laughs> take some chips off the table. Uh-huh. Money not going out is the same as money coming in. That's me. Work <laughs> Work should be an option and not an obligation. That's me. Really. That's Scott. <laughs> and I recognize the other ones too. Critical mass. You're is, like a you're a yeah. uh, financial radio show junkie. Yeah. Critical mass is Bob Brinker and yes. Um, who I, I listen? I've been listening to Bob is Brinker for thirty years. I don't know if he's still on the air, but I used to listen to him thirty years I ago. I think he might be. Um, so what is your? I, I think he's. Is he still around? Yeah. I think he retired actually. Yeah. So uh, he was a bit yeah. of a market timer, and he got. Yeah, didn't didn't got some wrong, kind of, wrong he missed, calls. He yeah. missed it. Uh, mm. You mm. can anyway. you can be a market timer anytime you want. You, just being successful is hard. So, yes. what's your question for us? So, um, my statement first: I would like to pay off my mortgage before I retire. Uh, the question: Am I crazy? The answer is yes, I am crazy. But every situation is unique. My hope is that my um, large holding Apple stock doubles in two or three years, and I would pay off my mortgage and invest the other equity money into a more balanced portfolio. How, how old are you? I'm, I'm confused. Are, are you waiting for your, your Apple stock to double in the next three years, or you're stating this is... I, I, could, I could actually make this happen now. I can sell my complete Apple stock, okay. pay off the mortgage, and have... Uh, a substantial sum in my 401k to live off, but I'm still working and I'd like to at least work another two or three years in my position. And they may, after that, maybe work once a week. All right. And how old are you? Uh, 66 going on 67. And what do you owe I'm on your married. mortgage? And you're married. Uh, <laughs> uh, I owe 1.35. One point three five million. Yes. Okay. And uh, and what's your approximate family income? Um, I have a pension and social security of eleven thousand per month. I am working in a half time position twice a week, and I bring home fourteen thousand a month. And for so half time, twenty five thousand a month. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. Um, and what's the value of the home? Two point six. All right, and so uh, how much do you own in Apple stock? My Furling K is worth today four point four million. Uh, the Apple stock I began buying in two thousand five. Uh, I put in six thousand um, by the tax lot, 
that is now worth about 400000 Okay. My Apple stock is worth today $2.8 million. And that's all outside of a retirement account? That's in the 401k. Your Apple stock is in the 401k. Part of the $4.4 million is the $2.8 million in Apple stock. Correct. Okay. Correct. Right. And then uh, what other assets are there other than the 401k? I kind of missed that if you explained uh, it. Not, not too much. I have 200000 in in uh, brokerage link. Okay. I'm not including my wife's money. She has a small IRA of 100000 and brokerage and savings. It's about 200000 but I won't include her money. Got it. So this $200,000 in the brokerage link, is that part of the $4.4 million in the 401k? No. Okay. So that's for the rest of the listeners. When you talk about brokerage link, all that means is that he has an option in his company's 401k that allows him to self-direct money uh, in his 401k. Um, and that's what a brokerage link means. So uh, many people have a menu that they have to choose from. Uh, Bob can actually take some of the money in his 401k and direct it anywhere he but wants. But I think he was referring, these are actually dollars outside of a retirement account. Uh, the brokerage Correct. link Correct. It, it isn't. Well, but okay. Bob said I, that I, it is. I actually, yeah, I have two brokerage links. One is in Vanguard. That's my non-401k money. And then I have a Fidelity 401k brokerage link with the Apple. Yeah. Yeah. So how long have you owned this house? Um, I bought a house late and our first house, I was 43. It was 400,000. Yeah. So sold that in in 10 years for 1 million. Uh-huh. We bought our dream home two blocks away. Uh, I was 53, so 13 years okay. ago we owned the house. So so the question is, should you pay off this 1.35 million dollar house? Uh, so you've got about 500 or about 5 million dollars in assets from what you have told us. Uh, investable assets inside and outside of the 401ks and IRAs. But not much outside of retirement accounts. But there's not that much outside of retirement accounts. So, I mean, if you if, if you said, I'm paying off my house this year regardless, you would have to sell assets inside your retirement accounts, pull them out of that tax shell, and you'd be slaughtered with taxes. Co- correct. And as much as we like to actually have people pay off their houses when they retire, um, this is not a good idea for you to pay pay your mortgage off. It's a and, and bad I idea. That I would have to I would have to liquidate Apple of uh, I'm not concerned well, that's not that's, that's, a, that's irrelevant to me. Yeah, what the what, asset yeah. is, it's it's the, the fact that it's in a tax shelter. And by the way, Correct. Correct. you're you're 67. I'm guessing. I'm just guessing. You're calling from uh, somewhere in northern California. Somewhere in northern California. <laughs> is this a big house? No, it's 2500 square feet. All right. Okay, so it's something you can manage uh, into retirement. You can stay there forever. It's not a 10,000-square-foot house. And you're Correct. still employed by Apple? Uh, no, I um, was in the medical field. Okay, so how do you have Apple's shares inside your 401K? Uh, with uh, my company... Fidelity for ONK, we had an option to have a brokerage link. Got okay. Got now I'm okay, getting that. Makes right, sense. Right, that right, makes right. sense. Okay. So yeah. our recommendation is not to even. And what's the interest rate on this this mortgage? Uh, that that's the problem. Uh, you know, we bought more house than we could afford. So I've been in an interest only mortgage ever since I've had this house. And, and is it a variable so, rate? Um, it's been between like a seven year fix. Now I'm in a new one, five year fixed. Okay. It's now have 3. you looked at three, seven, five. It's what, what is the number? Three cheap. Yeah. It's so not, I would refinance uh, this into a 30 year fixed rate mortgage right now. And I wouldn't pay an extra penny on it. And you're going to die with a mortgage on your house. And I thought of that, but I think my, my wife and I psychologically, emotionally, we like to pay the house off good, completely. Good for you. So it will take you more than $2 million out of your retirement Correct. account to net 1.3. Yes. So it, is it, it would take two point, It would take 2.7. If you did it all in one year. Yes. Is that what you're considering? Yes. Well, that would um, be. Here's another way to think Apple, about this. Let's just, like, yeah. and so I would agree that you have too high a percentage of your portfolio in one stock. I don't care what stock it is, right? So, um, 
It's just you've got a high concentration. It served you very well, no question about it. Uh, and, and if you're thinking and, it's going to double again, I hope it does for you. But the likelihood of it doubling again, the more it doubles, the faster it grows, uh, the lower the probability that it will continue that same growth rate. That's just and diversification is all about risk reduction, not about increasing your return. So you're at a stage in your life. So if you want to, if you, let's say that you're like, I really like the concept of some, using my Apple stock to pay off the mortgage. Totally get it. One way to consider doing this is let's say that you just sold uh, a chunk today, parked it in a in a short term bond fund or something like that, and paid off the mortgage over the next five years or, or seven, seven years, years or ten years even. Because and have the check even come once a month to make that mortgage payment. Or go directly to the mortgage company. It doesn't even actually have to go through your account, if you will. So you've just basically, because the challenge you've got now, you've got this debt that is due regardless. Regardless of what happens in your financial life, regardless of what happens in the stock market, the mortgage company wants their $1.3 million. Or if they don't get it, they're going to take your house. And you've got... Roughly $5 million bucks set aside, almost entirely in, inside tax shell retirement accounts. But if we took $1.3 million, or maybe a little more than that to account for our taxes, and put it in a risk equivalent, we're not in the stock market, we're in something very equivalent. Now, now we've just reduced the risk. Now if the stock market tanks, the economy tanks, you're okay because you still have those assets. And we can get the mortgage paid off over a number of years with minimizing their taxes because you do it all in one year. I mean, now you're at the top tax rate. Yeah. So what we're trying to do is match maturities here and take it out in the most efficient manner possible. So Scott went through a risk mitigation strategy with you right there and, and a tax strategy. Right. So if you said to, today, oh, I'm just going to take out all that money to pay off this, this home, you're going to take out, as you're right, if you did it one I year, mean, just, you're going to have to take out about $2.7 million. All you got to do is run the numbers. And if you like, if you feel so good about how the government is actually using your money that you want to have more of it, then do it all, then do it all in one year. If you say, man, I love what these guys are doing. They have done a great job with the homeless thing. I want to pay the, uh, I want to pay that extra 1%. Because my income's over a million dollars, like the fat cats, do it all in one year. If you say, I don't think they're doing such a great job, what you want to do well, is regardless. So it's maturity. But Scott, here's what I would do. I'd refinance into a I like your idea. I'd refinance into a fifteen year fixed rate or thirty year fixed rate. And then I would actually put that money aside and I'd have it shelled out over And you wouldn't and you at this in your situation, we I don't think would recommend paying it off. If you really want to pay it off, I do it. I you're gonna what I would do is run the numbers. What's the tax consequences doing it in 2020 alone? What's the consequences of spreading over two years, over three years, over four years? And I think when you start seeing the numbers and what it means for the tax savings, when we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars, you're gonna be like, heck. I'll just take sell my Apple stock, put the money in CDs. I know it's fully insured and guaranteed, and I'll, and I'll you, save hundreds of thousands of dollars by, by by spreading this out over the next few years. And the reality is your pension and your Social Security is $11,000 a month. Your variable income is $14,000 a month, so you're living on $25,000 a month. That $14,000 a month isn't going to last forever because that's it's your very Right. Yeah, I pl I plan to retire again in about two or three years, yeah. and then after that, maybe work once a week. Okay. So, Bob, I I if you were my older brother, I'd say, listen, put a thirty-year fixed-rate mortgage so you know the outcome. Take the money out. Carve never a, pay. Carve, ne never carve pay the mortgage out, off. Make a separate IRA with maybe a million and a half bucks in it. Whatever it takes to have this mortgage paid out, have that make the mm -hmm. payment for you. Yeah. And, and match 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 risk on it. So. We've got really safe money there. Yeah. And then, you know, you're going to, when, when you and your wife die, if you die anytime between uh, now and the, your age 96, the kids are going to inherit a big old house with some debt on it and good for them, right? Yeah. If we had kids, yeah. Oh, right. Well, even better. Wow, yeah. I don't know if that's even I didn't say that right. <laughs> there are <laughs> days. I have four kids myself. So fortunately they don't listen to the show. Even better. Even better. Even better. But, so if you don't have yeah. children, if you don't have children, heck, what do you care that it's yeah. paid off? 
Why? why I, I just get a reverse mortgage. And I thought of that too. My only reticence about a thirty-year fixed would be my current mortgage is thirty-eight hundred per month, and with a fixed, it would be over six thousand. So extra uh, two thousand bucks. Well, look, you're look, looking, but the, the the challenge here, Bob, you are looking at two exact opposite ends of the spectrum here. Yeah. Right. So you're not you're not comparing apples to apples here. That's right. That's right. So, so our recommendation: if you want the most secure retirement to end up with the most amount of net worth down the road. The strategy that we talked about of car- taking some money off, sell some stock, set aside a separate IRA, have that make your mortgage payment, refinance for the 30 years, that's going to give you the highest probability of success down the road and the greatest amount of net worth. You, so, you take a bunch of money out to pay off that, that mortgage today, and you're going to get clobbered in taxes. Mistake. That's just reality. So, so appreciate the call. Unfortunately, we've got to take a, a quick break here, Bob. I definitely appreciate the call. We will continue back here, and we've got a couple lines open. Love to take your call. 833-99-WORTH is our contact number, 833-99-WORTH. This is Allworth's Money Matters. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McLean. And, um, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, so uh, we took the last call, and the gentleman, very nice man, um, big mortgage, 67 years of age, Lots of yeah, apples. We just took the call. the call. I understand, but off the air, you and I were commenting that for Apple, the to larger th- something gets, the more challenging it is for that to double again. That's right. Just there, because what, there's, there's only what three companies now that just passed the trillion dollar mark. Is that right? Uh, so market value. Yes. Apple's one. Yeah. And so, what's the chance of Apple getting to two trillion? The market cap. So when we talk about market capitalization, it's the share price times the number of outstanding shares determine what the market capitalization is. So it gets to a trillion dollars. How many more people in the world are going to buy Apple products uh, that they can manufacture on a uh, profitable basis that the company gets to a $2 trillion market cap? I don't know. I don't know. All I know is, you know, when people say they've doubled their profit, that's always the first question I ask, where, well, where did you start? Because I had a lemonade stand when I was in the sixth grade, and I doubled my profits in the second day. I went from $5 in profit to 10 <laughs> I, I, I know. Fastest growing company. <laughs> I was the best, whatever that means, right? right? 800% increase year <laughs> over year. I went to $40 <laughs> in sales, in profit. What does that mean? And once you have lemonade stands, Everywhere. like Starbucks is probably a good example as we're talking about this, right? Yeah. So uh, there comes a point when there's only so many consumers. There's only, I went to a Starbucks that had a Starbucks store in the Starbucks. Because <laughs> <laughs> they had ran out of places to put the Starbucks stores. So they actually right. put we a gotta, Starbucks store go back to calls. in the Starbucks. That's funny, actually. <laughs> All right. Although, uh, you know, just for fun, if you, I've gone into Starbucks with my kids because I'm, you know, Dad jokes, and I went up to the lady and I said, "This is a really interesting concept. Have you guys thought of putting more of these around?" The <laughs> I realized the other day they've simplified the menu, what they have up on the wall, because they assume that as a consumer you already know everything you can get there, oh. and they only had like the medium size, whatever that is. The I don't forget which size is which, but well, they use words like grande, and I'm like, I'd like the large. Yeah. Well, being a little guy. <laughs> Everything's big. Small is tall, so <laughs> I, feel, I feel pretty good. <laughs> I haven't been into a Starbucks All right, we in need to go to the a year. <clears throat> 833-99-WORTH. You're kidding me. No. I have got their app, and sometimes I order food, and I'll go pick no. it up. It's great. I, can't I have rem- no time for breakfast. I can't remember the last time I've been in a Starbucks. Really? Anyway, all right, we're going to go back to the anyway. calls here. Well, I've got right, to hey, sh- hit one. Do you know where one is located? <laughs> <laughs> just close your eyes and throw a stone. Even you could be in the desert, there's gonna be one close by. I'm dying of thirst. I'd like a hot coffee. <laughs> I need a frappuccino. <laughs> oh, this is just stupid now. Okay. Oh, well, let's go to the call. Right, poor Nick here. All right, Nick's been waiting forever. <laughs> Nick, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen and Pat McLean here with you. Thanks for holding. Hey, Scott. Hey, Pat. Thanks for uh, taking my call. Thank you. Hope you're getting ready for the uh, Roaring Twenty. It's going to be exciting. Oh, well, we'll see. Huh? What can we do for today you? Today is good. I like today. <laughs> okay. All the best. 
Hey, here's my question. Um, we moved from El Dorado Hills, California, up to Anderson Island, Washington in 2018. We love it up here. It's just perfect. In 2019, we purchased the home, and we renovated extensively in, in the home. We put in all hardwood floors, kitchen, uh, bathrooms, you know, the roof, uh, the gutters, all this other stuff. We spent about 100000 on the uh, renovation. And my question is, guys, can we write any of that off? And if so, how and uh, what form? So are, you're not operating a business out of your home, correct? No. So yeah. this is just your private personal residence, right? Yes, sir. So Paid no. For. The answer is no. So you can add it to your basis, your cost basis on the home, which may or may not mean anything to you. When you sell your home in the future. Or when you die, which would... In that case, it means oh. nothing because it receives a. So school. the only kind of the only time you can write off something on something a personal residence is your interest on a mortgage that you would have. So if you borrowed okay. money, then you could deduct that interest if you itemize your deductions, which is probably unlikely that you itemize your deductions given the current high standard yeah. deductions. Okay, yeah. but you know the good okay. thing about living in the state of Washington is these recent tax changes that allow you to deduct your state income ta- that stopped allowing you to deduct your oh, state income tax against your federal. Washington, there's no, uh, there's no state, state income, income tax. tax. Yeah, there's no state income tax at all. Yeah. But the uh, sales tax is very, very high. It's well, go to 11%. Yeah, you just got to How much are your sales tax? 11%. Well, well just, that is you go to Canada or Portland. Right? <laughs> <Canada> smuggle <laughs> the goods across the street. <laughs> Well, we go shopping down in Portland. That's right. So close. That's right. That's yep. it, it, right. And the and the state income tax is much lower in Oregon than it is in Washington. Correct. Sales yeah. tax. Correct. Oh, I'm sorry. But sales it's no tax. sales tax, right? Yeah, they've low... got to make their money somehow. So yeah, the I know. there's tax. low sales. So, but the answer to your question is, uh, no, you can't. You can't. Nothing it. at all. No. Except for the basis points you were talking about, or the value if I ever decide to sell it. Correct? Yeah. Correct. Yeah, the hundred grand you put in is an investment. So if you paid. Three hundred thousand for the home, and put another hundred thousand in uh, improvements. Then you've got four hundred thousand into the house for certain improvements. We don't know exactly what you did. So anyway, understand. Appreciate the call. Okay. Yeah, glad yeah, you called. Good. Thank Thanks, you, sir. Guys. Keep nice. going. All right, appreciate <laughs> we, it. We will keep going. We've been doing this for a long time, and we twenty-five plus years. And uh, he, I live in Scott, and I both live in El Dorado Hills, where Nick uh, moved from to yeah. the state of Washington. Sorry to see you leave there, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> We're friends. <laughs> I've never met the man. All right, let's continue on uh, to join the program at 833 worth We are in Roseville, California, talking with Dave. Dave, you're with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. All Worth's Money Matters. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for taking the call. Thank you. Yes, I've been watching this for a while. And uh, I just one of, one of the issues that I feel the market continues to go up is that I think because of new technology, Internet, all that, the individual – uh, investor can now get online and do whatever they want for a few hundred dollars to a few thousand dollars to a few hundred thousand dollars. Uh-huh. There's a group like online trading that advertises a lot on KFBK. Tom Sullivan is a big promoter. That's really also, strange, uh, I think, by the way. Anyway, I'm not going to, that's all I'm going to comment on. Why do you think it's strange? Well, that's all he said. Scott just said it's strange and it, because we run on that station and we are friends, both of us. Well, because if, if you study market timing, first of all, yeah. Uh, no one's been able to do it successfully. And then if you look at options trading, uh, individual investors lose in the long term. Every study shows that. But because options trading is, is – well, anyway, we asked your question. Well, that is my question. So here's – what's your question? I, I think that may be one of the reasons the market continues to go up. Because oh. So what is your – do you so have a – what's your question for Is that a state – that what you made was a statement. Do you have a question? The question: Do you feel the same way? You think no. the individual investor? No, and no. why? Well, be, be, because information doesn't actually make someone better unless they're able to digest it and use it. Does does it? I mean, we, we does so, it drive the market? Sure. But we had. We look at the last twenty years. We had two of the biggest stock market declines since the Great Depression. Right. In the internet age, when they were online trading, so it certainly didn't stop markets from going down. But maybe right. it did cause it to go up. I don't think so. I think it's just I mean, sentiment. What, but you, if you look at fund flows, you look at where individual investors, because you can track some of those things by uh, 
by ETF purchases, by uh, mutual funds, you can see individual investors versus retail money. And the, I mean, indivi- I mean, institutional investors versus retail. And you can see that the, the retail, the individual investor oftentimes makes poor choices. So when the markets go down, rather than buying more, they sell. When the markets go up, um, they buy instead of, I mean, they, so. So the answer is we, we don't think that's a big driver. More access to actually invest money isn't a huge in my opinion, a big driver. Now, okay. let's talk about well, options trading. Well, before what's your what's your question for us? He asked the question. Do we <laughs> oh, think well, you've you, got it? I, you know, my so next then, question would be: I, I take it you don't care for online trading type organizations that do it. And in in my mind, they don't only do options; they do stocks as well and other things. But I, 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 I take it you don't feel well, that's a viable way to go. Let me. Sh- I don't sh- think trading in general is healthy for an investment strategy. Studies show that the more transactions anyone has, whether they're individual or an institutional investor, a professional money manager, the more transactions, the lower the return. So I'm going to share a personal story with you. So I have four children and my two oldest boys in when they were in college, took their own money and opened up uh, accounts in firms that they started day trading in and they yeah. call me and ask me questions like, Dad, what do you think? And I said, well, I'm glad you're doing it. And they're like, yeah. why? And I'm like, because I'm glad you're getting the education at this early age with your own money because you'll realize you can't do it successfully. My nephews, many of their friends have all done the same thing. They all went through a period of six months to 12 months where they traded. And every one of them thought that access to information was actually going to make them money. And every one of them stopped doing it within 6 to 12 months. We all have the same access to information. We all do. We all do. And the reality is no one, no one over the short term will actually be able to buy things that consistently win. They will talk about, it's like fishing. People talk about when they go fishing, they talk about how many big fish they caught. They don't tell you how many hours it took to do it. So yeah. what are you trying options, to accomplish here, Option Dave? trading is just day trading amplified. That's all it is because you're buying no. options on stocks either to go up and or down. So if yeah. it's part of your overall strategy for your retirement planning. Here's, I mean, here's one way to look at things. So over the last number of years, there's been uh, a movement away from actively managed mutual funds, particularly stock mutual funds, to index funds. Like the S&P 500 fund. We're at a point now that more than 50% of retail assets, these are individual assets, of the money that's in funds uh, and ETFs are in index. And why? Because investors look at it and they say, wait a minute, these actively managed mutual funds, these guys and gals that are on every day trying to pick which stocks to buy, which stocks to sell, they do worse than just the overall market. Matter of fact, about 80% of them do worse. So we've seen this big shift from investors saying, you know what, why pay these guys and these gals? They're not making me, they're, they're doing worse than if I just bought the overall market. So on the one hand, we get this big movement to indexes. On the other side, we see firms out there saying, hey, we're going to teach you how to trade stocks. And I scratch my head. I'm thinking, wait, a minute. we've got guys and gals graduating from University of Chicago, from uh, Wharton, from Harvard, or these MBAs running these portfolios with teams of analysts, the brightest kids out of grad out of business school, they can't outperform the market. How are we going to build it? How is some firm going to be able to teach somebody over a weekend course or a couple hours a week how to beat those guys yeah. and gals? It makes from just just think just about it, it that way. That's all you got to do. So you're Joe Lunch Bucket. You show up at the Holiday Inn for a four hour course, and you're going to beat the market. I could take violin lesson. Uh, I could go to a weekend course on how to play the violin. But that doesn't make I'm you. I'm not going to do. How well am I going to do if I show up and play to try to play in an orchestra? Yeah. So anyway, no. appreciate yeah. the call. And that's what. And that's what. And I, when I ever hear those ads, Ben, I, I cringe to myself. And they find someone to. They're not trading companies because they're not. They're not under the purview of the Securities and Exchange Commission. Because yeah, otherwise, they couldn't use. They say it's your money. We teach you how. I scratched my head. I'm like, how in the world are they going to actually make money doing that? Well, who's going to make money doing that? The training company's going to make money doing well, that. Of course they are. They're selling training. Yes. 
They're selling hope. They're yeah. selling dreams. Yes, that's what they sell. You stay yes. at home. Yes, you don't have to quit your job. Just it's simple. Yeah. All you got to do is a couple trader. trades. How easy is it? Yeah, just, come on, it's come simple. On, you know, like, click, click. You're rich. And what I said, I wasn't going to. There was there's a talk show host that was a financial advisor at one point in time that is now a, a paid endorser, and it's. Did you blame him? Yes. Okay. I pat. There's many things I would not endorse. All right. I would not endorse. There's many things in life I would not endorse. I don't and, care how much they would pay me. I'm not going to endorse it. Okay. Because at the end of the day, there's. I don't blame the guy. Just me. You wouldn't endorse it. No, I know, but I'm not him. Okay. I actually like him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would call him a friend. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's uh, go back to the calls here. 833-99-WORTH. We'll get you on All Worth Money Matters. And we are in Southern California talking with Fernando. Fernando, you're with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. All Worth's Money Matters. Hey, guys. How are you guys doing? We're good. What can we do for you, hey. my friend? Thank you, thank you. I love you guys. Love hearing all your uh, your info, and uh, I'm just getting into all, hearing all this uh, financial stuff. I'm fairly new. I I need to learn a couple, a, a lot of terms still in in a in the investment uh, area. But I, had, and I appreciate uh, that. For, you know what? For now, here's the thing: we all started with no knowledge, right? And we, we yeah. here in the show, we try to t- use English as much as possible because all these financial terms. But sometimes there's and when you when you just it, when as you stated, I'm trying to learn these terms. It just reminded me that we just really need to break these things down because it's a foreign language until you yeah. Get to I always it. I always think it to myself is if I was saying this, would my mother understand what I was talking about? That's anyway. So, what's your question for us? Yeah, I have a question. Um, so I uh, I've been saving up. Uh, I've been wanting to buy a uh, a muscle car, a 1970 Chevelle. And it's uh, in the price range of $35,000. Uh, mm-hmm. So I have uh, currently 5000 saved up, but I just have it sitting there in, in, in a separate checking account. Uh-huh. And then I got, once I started hearing all these uh, uh, ways to save up money and and make your money grow while it's just sitting there, what what options would, do I have out there with either my bank or... or okay. um, so uh, I'm gonna. This is a good concept. Whether we're talking about five thousand dollars to buy a muscle car, or yeah. five hundred thousand for something else, at, at, th- th- these these th- these are truths about investing and money. So when do you think you're going to have the money together to buy the 1975 Chevelle? In, in probably six years. Okay. See, my I have a my I bank with schools first here in uh, Orange County. So uh, they have a pretty good rate, which is not much for a, it would technically be a used rate card that they would lock me in for. It's at 2.7. But I just don't, I'm not in a hurry. I, I, I can uh, well, let's, just take my time. Okay, so, and, so there's two things. One, I like the idea that it's going to take you six years because in six years from now, you may not want a 1975 <laughs> well, Chevelle. It, you may, you <laughs> might change. It, your, your, your mind may change. There might be other things that... Uh, become more important. But what we're, what you're asking us is a question, which is, if I'm saving money that I'm going to need in five, four, five, six years, where do I save it? Yeah, so investments are based on, one of the truths, it's based on time horizon, which is essentially, when will I need these dollars? And the shorter the time frame, the less we, the less we can afford to take on anything that's going to go up and down in value, right? So, Let's assume let's assume you've got thirty thousand saved up. You need one more year of savings, another five grand. You're gonna buy that Chevelle. And let's assume you're invested in the stock market because you you heard that it's a good place to invest long term. And suddenly your thirty thousand falls to twenty thousand. You'd be like, son of a gun, I wanted this Chevelle, now I can't afford it because I invested in stocks. If you say, I don't I'm not gonna I'm gonna buy something in 10, 20 years from now. Then we could say, who cares about the short-term fluctuations? We have extremely high probability of great returns if we invest in, say, the broad stock market over a 20-year period of time. But when we're talking about okay. four, five, you know, five, five years is kind of, the, I mean, you're six years. So, But I would put it in, I would go to bankrate.com 
Or the credit union's what, what did you say they're paying you? Two point seven. That's probably a teaser rate My, for your first. Mine is uh, schools first uh, federal credit union. Yeah. What's the interest rate they're paying? Uh, for a used, uh, I would be uh, having a uh, two point seven. Oh no, you're talking about borrowing the money. Yeah, if I were to like get a, a five year loan. Yeah, yeah. Don't I, don't do not five. don't borrow any money to buy this car. This car is an absolute luxury, right? Well, it might okay. be an investment. Come on, Scott. I mean, I, although I think last year, last year, um, collectible cars declined a bit in value. They didn't have a good year last year, and uh, high-end wines. Declined and if it was an investment, Fernando isn't of that uh, net worth to probably be investing as uh, trading uh, automobile cars. Yeah, yeah, he's not going to the auctions that you see on public television and buying cars. So, Fernando, absolutely, don't borrow any money to buy this car. Right. It okay. is a luxury. It is a luxury. If save the money to buy the car and when you have enough saved, then decide whether you really want to exchange that money for this car. Like I said, four, five, six years, your mind may change. So what I want you to do is to go to bankrate.com and then bankrate.com. They will give you a list of online banks that have either bank CDs or money market accounts. Just take the highest one that is FDIC insured and buy that and it might be synchrony bank or it may be but you want something you can throw money into every month though too because are you saving on a monthly basis or how you saving uh yeah uh uh, every month i'm putting away 300 okay are you putting money into your 401k yeah are you putting the maximum i have a four i have a 403b okay okay all right so i I, i'm i'm putting uh i think the most of their matching i could put is a hundred dollars Mm, doesn't sound right so, to me. Uh, How much are you saving in, in your retirement? $100 every check. That's not enough. And how old are you? I am 30. Yeah. Listen, I think this, it, in my opinion, mm-hmm. you called and asked our opinion. Uh, I hope you get over this idea of owning a 1975 Chevelle. I think it was 1970 Chevelle. Was it a 70 or 75 Chevelle? Because that will make a big difference. 70. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. 70. So I I, I, I truly hope you get over this. Well, unless. Mm -hmm. Are you doing anything to. Are you doing anything right now to enhance your career? Do you think your pay will be much higher in five years from now than it is today? Yeah. uh, Well, I work for a. uh, For a school district. So my. Every year, I still have five more years to to get to my last uh, stipend. So right now I'm I'm at the bottom. So every year I'm, I'm going to keep going up in my salary. Okay. So. All right. Well, anyway, uh, uh, my recommendation would be to save more into your 403B. But the question you called about was, what do you do for savings for this car? Just go to bankrate.com and get the highest earning uh, account you, yeah. can, you, can, uh, you can find. Yeah. So, and good luck to you. But if you don't have save for retirement... This could be your retirement home at the same time. So that's right. Yeah, I mean retirement. You know, as he mentioned, the there's most private sector jobs. Your pay is really tied to the value you bring to your employer, right? You would hope. And you could see people have been there a long time that their pay really hasn't changed because their career they haven't in private sector in private sector. And you've seen other people that have had tremendous. Uh, increases because they've continued to work on their career and add more value. And when <laughs> I feel like I'm getting a little political, I don't want to get too political. But well, in some public sector jobs, it's just a. It's I just a, remember my kids. They, they're uh, the teacher was voted teacher of the year one year and got laid off the next year because it was based on seniority. Oh, really? Yep, teacher of the year. It's kind of sad. It's actually it's more kind of, than sad. Actually, it's. Uh, <laughs> So my anyway. my youngest son has a job. He goes to school um, in college, and we said, you know, you got to get a job. So he he has. He told me, told me, I heard the story from my wife yesterday. So he works in the office. That if you're in a dorm room and you run out of something like toilet paper or tissues or towels, or you need to borrow the vacuum to clean your dorm, uh, you come to his little office and you show him your room or if you get locked out and he helps you, which is by the way, he says it's a great job because no one really ever comes. So he studies all the time. But he said, 
yesterday they've run out of toilet paper in where he distributes the toilet paper to people that come that need the toilet paper. Is part of his job is to making sure there's enough supplies? No. So that's what happened. That's someone else's job. So, so he so says no control over the inventory. None. So Just the distribution at the last mile. <laughs> correct. So yesterday he ran out of toilet paper to give to other people when they come in. And so my wife says, well, what, what did you tell them? I mean, that's kind of important. He said, well, I told them to come back an hour. <laughs> and my wife said, why an hour? Did you, did you notify anyone that you're out of toilet paper? And he said, no, but I get off in a half an hour, so it's fine. <laughs> this isn't the kid at UCLA. <laughs> but I just thought, <laughs> I thought that was so funny. <laughs> <He said laughs> this is the one that wants to retire at 35. Is that right? <laughs> I think life is pretty interesting because uh, he's a smart, he's a really smart kid. But I just thought, wow, that's a, that's a unique way to handle the problem. Just you don't notify anyone. He said, "Well, they know they're out of toilet paper. What do you want me to do about it?" I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> so that's the softest problem." <laughs> so <laughs> a problem occurred at work, and instead of looking at what's the consumer need. <laughs> What does the client here need? He's like, what? How do I make my life more simple? So I, I'm. I just tell everyone to come back in an hour, and I get off in a half an hour. But the poor guy who's a. Oh, anyway. All right, we're I almost out of time funny. here. Hey, wanted to let if you if you're planning on retiring in the next few years, or if you want to be in a position so that you can retire in the next few years. We want to encourage you to come to one of our workshops. We've got some great retirement workshops uh, this coming week. This week, and Tuesday we are in um, well, in the Sacramento region. Tuesday through Saturday we're Sacramento, Auburn, Elk Grove, Ranch Cordova, Roseville, and in the Denver region. Tuesday through Saturday, Boulder, Denver Tech, Lakewood, Highlands Ranch, Broomfield. We are all over the place uh, during the week. It's six forty-five in the evening. Uh, on the weekends, 11.15 in the morning. And if you haven't attended one of our retirement workshops, um, this is the, goes to the seven things that you need to consider as you're approaching retirement. Simply go to allworthfinancial.com, register. Uh, they do fill up. And last, last year, we turned a lot of people away. So if you want to attend, we'd love to see you there. Allworthfinancial.com. You get all the details, and you can sign up there. We're out of time. It's been great being with you this weekend. Uh, we'll see you next week. This has been Allworth Money. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.